Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. If you just joined us, hello. Hey um, Dave, how's it going mate? So I'm assuming that means we're on because Dave Cliff, unless Dave Cliff has found a way in. <laughs> unless he snuck in. Hey Dave, Paula. Paula, how's um, it going? Everyone else, as you join, uh, yeah, thanks for, for joining us on another Tuesday tune-in. Is it Tuesday um, already? <laughs> it's Tuesday already, mate. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait. Um, Sinead, Shane, Bry, um, great stuff, guys. Hey, Paul. Um, yeah, if you have just joined us, do do give us a little thumbs up uh, or comment just to, just to say hello, just so we know that you're on. It's always nice to see, um, yeah, who's on the lives uh, as, as well, because we saw the, the questions come in. Uh, it's always nice to know if you're on, so we can, um, you know, go for those questions straight away. So yeah, Dave. Um, well, do we always have subtitles on these lives? And is that what happens? Uh, it's 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 we got subtitles. It's actually it's... Facebook that is. They, you know what Facebook's like? They're always updating stuff, and they do yeah. auto subtitles sometimes. And it's quite funny because Dave, I know me and you with our accents, and we talk relatively quick. Um, I, I know the subtitles aren't that accurate. Um, what do you mean another yeah. that go? Why don't we just get on with the show and do the Q and A? Okay, what we're going to talk about today is tracking. So did that come up as anything? <laughs> wow, <laughs> Alafragilistic XBLE Traxious. That is very quick, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I was um, a rapper hello. in a former life. <laughs> the rapper Yeti is it? Is that what you are? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great stuff. No, it's it's great to to see all the usuals on. Um, <laughs> Mick as well, the men of mayhem. That's, uh, that's that's not too far from the truth, there, Mick. <laughs> um, yeah, great great to see you on as well. Uh, is it? It's afternoon, Ramona. Yeah, it's definitely afternoon, mate. We're, we're the old twelve thirty here. We um, yeah, we uh, GMT. Is it? Is it GMT or BST? I don't know. BST. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I Actually, no, it's not BST because the clock's I, I, I rely on you to point me in front of the camera and say, hey, it's <laughs> Tuesday, wind me up. And uh, There we go. Brian's made a very good point. They're translating for, for all the, um, uh, the non-Welsh uh, just so they understand us. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, into English. So, <clears throat> fantastic. Brilliant. Facebook have finally, they can... Um, uh, they can actually understand us now. So happy days. Yeah, Leah said there's no subtitles. Maybe, um, yeah, don't doesn't happen in Australia. I don't think you know. Uh, maybe they're upside down. Wow. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I miss Australia. What a place. I love Australia. So I'm super jealous, Leah. Hope all is well down under. Um, and great to see you on the live again. Uh, yeah. Well, today's live. If you've been following us for a while, I don't know. I'm just spotting some names here. Hey, Ellen. Um, is, is a few um, newbies on the, the sort of Q&A. And, and we've talked a lot over the last sort of six, seven months since we've been doing these Tuesday tune-ins around, um, you know, different subjects, different things, especially around, uh, you know, sometimes obstacles or hurdles that can maybe get in the way of, of going on a trip. Obviously, it, that's become bigger um, over the last several months, um, you know, due to, to COVID. Has been, it, that's sort of crept in and it's created a very big hurdle. To travel in right now um which is why we thought let's let's talk about a few things that you know maybe just some thoughts from us on on those things around COVID-19 that maybe you know looking forward that those obstacles will start to drip off and 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 you know we'll be able to go on these adventures again so we thought why don't we talk about that today as well as the usuals we've got a bunch of questions coming on the email uh, also this morning um I think we've got several questions already we, we we can sort of tackle but yeah we'll start off 
um, you know, talking about it. We, we called it I'm an Evertrekker, get me out of here. Um, <laughs> I don't watch it myself, but uh, I know some of my family, uh, they watch uh, I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. And um, I just thought, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a cool little title. We'll, we're going to use that today yeah, uh, because we can't all wait to get out of here. Um, and it's actually ironic that's, that this, this season's actually filmed in Wales. And I was like, okay. Yeah, so it's going to be a wet one. Basically. So it's going to be very wet. It's going to be very wet. Yeah, very wet. Very wet. Um, very green. Um, and yeah, um, you know, and why would you want to get out of Wales anyway? It's fantastic. Mm. Not sure, Dave. Not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, we're going to be uh, yeah, sort of talking a, a little bit about there. But where would we start, Dave? Where, where should we start on? Well, on this one. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, like you said, you know, that there are. There's been a few more hurdles thrown at us this year than perhaps most years. I mean, going to EBC or Kilimanjaro or Machu Picchu has never been sort of a straightforward holiday. Um, so there's always a little hoops you've got to get through and things you've got to make sure you've got right. Um, yep. But obviously, 2020 is, uh, has basically said to that, hold my beer. Let me show you. <laughs> Let me show you what it's about. And then, yeah, we really wanted to touch on some of those things. So A, talk about what any of those obstacles might be. And yep. B, why we think that they're they you know they, they are pretty much just like little they're not even setbacks they're just sort of we're trying to come at it from a a, a thing of like um opportunity uh, um, that you can get out of it yeah. so one of the things here i did see there um kirsty said it's actually yeah. made me train for my 2023 trek and that's probably a good example of what we're going to sort of talk about nice it's, yeah you know cool. like um we we like to think of it as you know uh it's your last day of school the summer holidays are about to start <laughs> What are you going to do to make it awesome? Well, that's what it is. We're sort of there's a lot of positivity about um, yeah. vaccines. We know travel is starting to open up. It's the last day of school. What's going to happen when we get out of there? <laughs> that's sort of where we're at. Great stuff, Dave. I, I think we should do analogy of the week on these um, on these Tuesday tunings compared to the podcast as well because that was great. I love that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, school analogy of the week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if you, if you ask me to come up with one, I, I can't. You know, but you you know, you, you just got to let me you pull the string and see what comes out. You know. Yeah, no, I, I like that, Dave. I, I think you're right. It's it's one of those things, isn't it? Because I know a lot of the people on here who have been part of the community for a while, um, and I know, you know, you've had trips impacted, and it's super frustrating. And we, you know, these these are big bloody hurdles, and we, you know, we want to get out there. And yeah, it's like right, just let me out now. Although, you know, Mick, he wants in in Wales, so Mick, you can come to Wales anytime, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, 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 hope all is well, well, in a couple of weeks. Anytime, but yeah, at the moment, you're not allowed. Sorry. Yeah, it's an open invitation um, <laughs> as long as you can get past the armed guards at the border. That's all. Um, uh, it's but, a bit nuts. Yeah. But the only thing so, they're armed with is leaks. Um, so I was gonna say, so yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I think, um, yeah. you know, so we were talking about what it's going to be like to be able to, you know, at the moment, some of the hurdles that people are coming up against is things like sort of, you know, if you if you want to book a trip, but you also have to book flights, you know, and yeah. flights yeah. is something that's yeah, like causing right. people a little bit of concern and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but actually, you know, we've been doing a little bit of research and stuff like that. And as I said a moment ago, things are starting to open up now. And actually, it's, I've heard mixed reports, but there are some flights out there that are actually really, really reasonable, you know, and are opening yeah. up for, for future dates and stuff like that. So you can feel confident. So that if you've had to postpone or you're going in a year's time or something like that, it's one of those things where, like, you, you can actually use that opportunity to get an amazing deal on flights if you're going in sort of 12 months time as opposed to, you know, yeah. right away. 
So um, that's one of the little things we've started to notice. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Dave, you touched on flights there. And I think it's, you know, because we, we've been looking as well. I mean, we had a bunch of sort of trips we were we were going to do now and into next year, which, which we've had to sort of move on a little bit um, around flights. And I think, yeah, if, if, you, if you're looking, I mean, just for anyone that's new to kind of the community and you're thinking about booking a trip, if you you know, if you wanted to book, say, for the end of next year or even into 2022, don't think you have to book your flight straight away, especially with the craziness around COVID at the moment. Um, you know, maybe leave it until nearer the time. I mean, that's just something that we've discussed ourselves about pushing those, uh, you know, don't feel there's a pressure to book your flights. I, I suppose then going to people on the flip side of that, to people who are already booked and have moved their trip. I know there's been a lot of, uh, a bit of a disconnect between third party sort of people you book through and then the actual airlines. I know, Dave, we've talked a lot about, you know, we're always encouraging people to go direct. And I know to the airlines, that is. And I know it's a bit more expensive to go direct to the airlines, but it, it is a lot easier in terms of, um, uh, you know, re- rescheduling a flight if yeah. that needs if that needs to happen. Obviously, that's, you know, that's not exact. We've heard of some travel agents who have been fantastic, especially if you've got a good relationship with, with like a local travel agent. But generally, yeah. you're going through some big third-party uh, company, and obviously I don't want to sort of name shame here, but um, some of them are know, garbage and it is it is it is you know yeah, yeah some of them have been up. absolute crap i mean we've had one a friend of ours who was uh, booking flights for kilimanjaro that's got yeah. told he has to wait something like 200 days for a refund um so th- that's wow. mental however what i you know we are sort of learning how to do things in covid now you know a year ago you know, I'd have probably booked my flights through the cheapest avenue possible, you know, and yeah. done it that way. But now we are finding that going direct with the airlines, particularly if you go in with like Qatar Airways, uh, Etihad and things like that, their customer yeah. service by and large, and I'm sure, you know, it's not perfect, but it's been really yeah. good for those people affected and refunds, credit notes, rebooking, rearranging has been yeah. really helpful. So, yeah, top tip now is going to have to go on the um, one of our like hacks for making an easy trip. Yeah is to go direct with the airline because um, although you might pay you know 50 60 70 maybe even 100 pounds more that 100 pounds is like it, it, it it's not sort of frivolous it is worth it if you have a problem um so yeah, yeah. it's um i mean it's, it's worth thinking i think uh, just dropping in some of the comments there and uh, i think jerome um mentions about would the flights potentially increase before you go and yeah it, that, that historically that's that's the way it's been you know if you leave it last minute then you know potentially there could be a big increase and, and you're like oh my god i have to pay that because you're going um you know at the moment it's it's a little bit of a guessing game i'd say don't leave it certainly to like a month or two before you go but i certainly don't think that six months before you go i mean i, I gotta be honest historically i probably wouldn't book my especially nepal i'd leave it till sort of nine to six months before i go before i book a flight and there's not much of a difference to be honest historically over the last sort of four or five years with what I've booked. I think this, the, the, the historical data will go out the window now because we don't know how many people are going to be booking uh, for the future, you know, because of the, the, the sort of craziness now. And and I, and I I think the travel industry will rebound massively. So that will mean that, you know, some trips are, are booked up, some flights are booked up. Obviously the airlines are going to have to maybe put on more more flights. It's a bit of a guessing game right now, to be honest. Um, but Jerome, you 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 put a good point there, so it's something to consider. Um, but again, I I still don't think that you need a book way way in advance. I think you know 
nine to six months would still be doable for me. Yeah. Um, and that's why, well, what I'd kind of recommend everyone as well. And, you know, because we, uh, we're, we're kind of trekking specialists, we're not flight specialists. We can only sort of uh, assist you really when it comes to flights, but just, just knowing the industry a little bit. Yeah. I'd say six to nine months would probably be what I would suggest everyone does. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, I think uh, Lauren there. Lauren's uh, on the comments as well, and she just punched all the questions to us. Just put a little, um, a little link there to a post we put up. It's a while ago, but it's still relevant. But it's just, um, you know, how do you book your flights for your trip? And it's a lot of information, so check that out definitely. Yeah, exactly. One of the other things as well, just moving on from flights, would be yeah, yeah. What are some of the many questions we get? They're always in the top ten most asked questions. You know, yeah. how fit do I have to be to go to Everest Base Camp? You know, what equipment do I need and stuff like that? And also. Yeah. The cost associated with getting that equipment, even you know, yeah. you know, boots, bags, all of that can add up to quite a lot of money. Well, one of the things that Kirsty mentioned here, which is something that I think is really important, is to try and sort of find the you know the silver lining in any of this situation. Where if you have been postponed and you are going in now a year when you were due to go in a month, you know, you've now got sort of an extra twelve months to actually gain that fitness, gain that um you know extra bit of kit that you think is going to help you and stuff like that one of the things that i'm getting loads of loads of messages about now is like oh great now i can get this bit of kit now i can get that bit of kit you know and i spend like yeah. half my day talking about boots and crampons and merino wool pants and stuff like that you know but um yeah it is a really good opportunity i mean particularly the fitness because i think we're all guilty of it of you know wanting to train for something at some point in our life and falling yeah. slightly short and ending up thinking ah, i just wing it and uh, I think one of the most important things is, you know, you can still do that. You know, these trips are, um, you know, they're not they're not for Superman, they're for every man. But they, you know, you are able to sort of, the more you train, that even if you gain like a little incremental bit of fitness, like just every week on week, it adds to the enjoyment factor, you know, because going up Namshi Hill is far less fun um, if you haven't got a little bit of fitness and stuff, or, or, you know, good yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, th there's a whole extra bit of time now to gain that enjoyment for it. I'm certainly yeah. doing it. I've started riding my bike more. Yeah. Well, so you've been, and I think it's, it's a nice time, isn't it? And I think we've, um, uh, just before this live, we were talking about, uh, the lesser spotted Yeti and Jen mentioned, um, said something really nice, which I thought be good to mention is that we do, I think we all have a new appreciation of travel right now. Um, and a, a certainly travel freedom, <laughs> Um, it's become more apparent than ever. And I think that it comes to Dave, what you said there about getting on your bike, getting out there, um, just locally whilst you can is, 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 is what we're allowed to do. Yeah. It's kind of the, the, the most we're allowed to do, but I think it is having that appreciation of, you know, like it, it would have been very easy 12 months ago to just book a flight and go to Nepal last minute, which we can't really do now. Um, but it certainly made us appreciate that. And then looking forward is like, wow, you know, when we, when we can go traveling, there's a big world out there and, and you will certainly get to appreciate it a bit more. Um, so she made a really good point. And I thought, yeah, you know what, we're going to, we're going to talk about that because I, I, I like that. I think we're always appreciative of travel, of adventures, you know, going on the tracks, but I think more than ever now, we all will become more, even, even that'll increase massively now when we're out there and, We'll have, I think we'll have a better time for it, um, you know, because yeah. we've been cooped up so long or restricted with our freedoms. It's um, like you said, Dave, it's like, uh, you know, you're off school finally and you're out, you're free. Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's how it feels. I mean, I can just see from the comments, say, you know, loads of stuff about flights and stuff like that. I think it's, it's strange because we did want to talk about it because that seems to be one of the hurdles, you know, one of these things that we're talking mm -hmm. about getting over 
Um, but you know, from all the information that we're getting, because we get feedback from like all the ever trekkers, you know, lots of yeah. responses, lots of information from people within the industry as well. And the information is that it is starting to slowly bounce back. Travel is starting to open. It will fluctuate. You know, it's not going to be perfect. Um, however, like because the places that we go to tend to be like fairly niche places, yeah. Um, there seems to be sort of an ability for those places to sort of fill flights because there is a backlog of people now wanting to go to Nepal and as soon as that's you know going to be yeah. like a safe and frequent place to fly you know there is going to be a sudden surge so yeah. we are going to start to fill planes now that some people think that that might mean the cost will go up others might mean well they'll bring more of their fleet online um, yeah. and then they'll have an emphasis to fill those spaces which tends to drive costs down so we just saying that there is opportunity, you know, for the eagle-eyed flight booker. Um, and like Andy said, getting the timing right and stuff like that. But yeah. um, what I'd recommend is probably start making it your daily habit now to keep a to keep a, a, a look <laughs> at these flights and, and just keep checking them yeah. and stuff like that. Because it will fluctuate. It is changeable. I think change and changeable yeah. and flux and fluctuate are all 2020 words, aren't they? But um yeah, yeah, there's some new words we were like, I never even heard of that word. Uh, furlough. Okay, lockdown. Yeah. They'll be long gone in 12 months, fingers crossed. Yeah. I heard um, a lockdown before, but that was my, my brother's a prison guard, so, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the only time I've heard it. Well, you did spend, uh, you know, a few weeks, wasn't it, earlier this year, Dave? Lockdown in the house with uh, HMP. HMP Evertrek then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking then, I was like, did I go to prison earlier? Well, yeah. Twenty, yeah, twenty, no, been one of those years. Just <laughs> yeah. followers. Um, watch a few of the previous lives. You might might get that. It's a bit of an yeah. injunct. But uh, what do you reckon? Uh, should we dive into some? Uh, some yeah, things? I was just looking at um, some of the ones that come on email because we always like to, to sort of nail them first. Richard, um, um, as as he's as emailed in asking about flights when returning um, to Lukla, how likely are the delays um, whilst we're on flights? And I think um, who was it that mentioned that? I think it was Bry actually made a good point um of sometimes and we've mentioned this heaps of times and it's always worth repeating is that some people like to sort of tag a day on at the end of their trip so although we you know when you uh, like at the moment if just talking about the Everest base camp trip and that goes that any of your trips that you're leaving or departing from Lukla whether that be Island Peak, Mera Peak, uh, you know Three Peaks, Three Passes, Gokyo Valley or the classic route to Everest base camp you'll fly via Lukla to Kathmandu um you know nine times out of ten it's all good and you'll get back that the, the day is planned, but what people like to do now, I think Brian, uh, he had a little bit of an extended route because he was actually stuck there back in March during lockdown uh, in Kathmandu for 10 days, which um, I'm sure he didn't yeah. mind with all the, all the Everest beers. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think he stayed well hydrated during that time. You know, so, <laughs> I was going to um, say, he, uh, he certainly enjoyed it as much as he could. Um, yeah, I just lost my train of thought then, Dave. You know, that's that's what I was going to say. Yeah, with, well, uh, with the, I know, it's <laughs> beers. Um, but yeah, when it comes to those extra days, if anything does happen and there is a delay in Lukla, which can happen, you know, that the, the weather is is not in anyone's control. Sometimes there's a, a festival and, you know, the, the airlines can literally down tools. We've seen that before. Um, you know, these are things we have to deal with. Um, it's part of adventure travel. But then if you do have a buffer day at the end, which, you know, a lot of people do, you can uh, obviously that, 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 that helps. And then if it doesn't happen, you've got an extra day to chill out in Kathmandu. So, you know, it's definitely worth thinking about. Um, but, yeah, when, when Richard asked there how likely, it's very, very low. But, again, if you have got an extra day, 
um, you know, uh, one day it doesn't hurt, um, you know, and you've got a little bit of an extra day in Kathmandu then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, um, I've just read Shane Hubbard's um, comment here, and um, it, I, I'll be honest, it's a couple of chapters long, but no, Shane, really appreciate your comment, Shane, <laughs> that's great. And also awesome, you're getting into vlogging and stuff. Wow, that is really scary to think that watching me and me and this head yet over here has inspired you to do it, I think. <laughs> but um, no, that's, that's, that's great. I think um, any advice for me would be try not to think about the people on the other side. Sometimes there could be 20,000 people. Um, but yeah, no, awesome. That's a, that was a great comment there. Really enjoyed reading that. Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah, definitely. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you, you read that. And you read that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, cheers, Shane. No, it's, uh, lovely to, no lovely re to really that. appreciate that, Shane. Yeah, and, um, you know, we'd love to have you and your mate with us on one of our trips. I think it's an amazing experience. Um, that's partly why we're here, you know, the first trip that myself and the first trip that Andy did um we're just we, we you know we were just hikers and we still are you know hikers and yeah, trekkers yeah. and stuff like that and we went out and did this for the love of it and then came back and thought like you know like right I, I need to tell people about this i need to like get people out there that's kind of how it happened then for you isn't it and then um yeah and, and yeah and still, and still, got that, um, still got that note where obviously the you know going back a bit now and the first bits of advice you know, offer to yourself and, and then off, off you went. It? It's around here somewhere. Isn't uh, it? it's, it's over there on the shelf. Yeah, I got it over there. It's uh, all sits proudly top of the shelf. And yeah, it's one of those things. It's nice. To, you know, we hope you get some value out of this. this is, I mean, especially when we started doing these in March, you know, when when everything sort of kicked off and and we were thinking, um, you know, OK, let's take this as an opportunity now to, to one is, you know, maybe provide a little bit of light entertainment uh, during uh, a Tuesday. But also as well, hopefully you get something out of it um, and maybe something that we say can can help solve and, and answer a question for you. And then that'll help you on your journey, um, you know, whatever they, that may be. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad this, um, you know, became useful. Yeah. Um, awesome. so um, really appreciate that. We have a question from yes. uh, Priscilla on the emails. Um, so hello, Priscilla. Hopefully you're listening. Hey, Priscilla. Um, is there a walkthrough video of EBC via Gokil Valley? Like the EBC videos on YouTube. Uh, also, do you need crampons to do Gokyo? Is yeah. it uh, a lot of a lot more strenuous? So we don't have a walkthrough of Gokyo. Um, believe it or not, they take a tremendous amount of effort to do. Um, we have to get um, we have to like physically go over there, do the trip, but we've not managed to do Gokyo yet. The EBC trip will give you sort of ninety percent of what it's of what it's like obviously yeah. the bit you're missing out on is arriving at gokyo with the lakes which is stunning and beautiful uh going to um gokyo ri which is uh, the acclimatization day at gokyo you go up to gokyo ri which is a viewpoint and then chola pass um is it most it, it's it is more strenuous uh i don't know whether i'd say a lot more i guess that's a little bit subjective it's harder because you're going to go over the high pass yeah. of chola and you're going to go up gokyo ri so there are gonna, and it's a little bit longer. So it, it is, it is more difficult. Um, how more, how much more difficult it can be depends, I suppose, on the individual. I would say that what you get out of it far, far outweighs um, any extra effort required to attain what you get out of it. You know, so nice. going to Gokyo, going over Chola Pass is one of those experiences in life that's well worth the effort. So once you've done it and you high five at the top and then you high five at the bottom, that's all that matters. Yeah, um, nice, mate, nice. Crampons to do Gokyo. Yeah. Not really. Um, I would say 99% of the time, no. However, if you're going up Gokyo Ri or Chola and it's really bad weather and there's a lot of snow coming in, um, the guide may provide you with some of these, um, the universal sort of crampons that like chains almost that fit around a hiking boot. 
just for grip, um, nothing technical or anything like that. So yeah, hopefully that's covered that for you. Yeah, nice, Dave. Well, nice, nice answer there, mate. Um, yeah, we got uh, Chris Clifford-Hurst. Uh, hey, Chris. Um, travel on a budget. What can you get away with? Boots, clothing, kit. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, okay. Just just talking about, um, yeah, what can you get away with? I mean, you know, it was certainly not me and Dave. We, you know, we're open to, to any gear. And, you know, we've used, I think, going back, um, you know, we first started trekking and hiking. We used what I would say. What I would say questionable gear, but it, it, it's you know it was it was relatively budget, but it did the job. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's, it didn't last. That's the that's the big thing. If you do buy yeah. something that's you know maybe a little bit cheaper, it'll probably do for a specific trip, um, but it, it won't last. Um, you know, certainly like I remember I had these walking boots that only cost me uh, sort of thirty five pounds. I think it was. Um, they certainly give me blisters. I'm talking like five six years ago. Um, and yeah, I, I had to change uh, from them, but they were they were fine for a, like a, a six or seven day route. But you know, I'd say if you do a base camp, um, you know, maybe invest a little bit more in terms of your boots, just to look after your feet because if you get any blisters, you know, it's gonna it's gonna hinder you. But yeah, if, if things are tight, um, maybe you can pick up some stuff. I mean, if you go into Nepal, Chris, um, you know, you can actually pick some stuff up for decent value in Kathmandu. It might not be real uh you know uh north fake as they like to call it over there um yeah. there's plenty of that over there but it'll do the job you know it's not i wouldn't say you know if, if you go in any higher maybe island peak mara peak you probably want the good gear you know um but i would say if, if you really want to do it on a on a shoestring there's um there's there's ample opportunity uh, in the uk to get some deals um you know you could potentially look at some second hand gear yeah. uh, i know groups on facebook actually that only do i think um I forgot the name of the group now, but there's there's if you Google, um, sorry Google, if you search in Facebook, I think it's called Outdoor Gear Exchange. There's a lot of yeah. stuff you can get good value, uh, or eBay, or, or then like I said, if you wanted to, to potentially look at getting them in in Nepal, yeah, uh, that'll save you a few bob for sure. Awesome, um, interesting question here from Aid Priest. Yeah, um, yeah, this is uh, so basically he's in the process of recovering from COVID. I really hope you're doing oh, well. okay, Aid. Yeah, um, and he's, he's he says himself he feels like he's been relatively lucky. All the the usual symptoms associated with it. Um, however, yeah, his question is related to post COVID protocols for high altitude treks, yeah. and in particular, um, what they refer to as long COVID, which I know is sort of almost like ME, right? So it's like this long lasting fatigue yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, what steps are we having to include from a guide perspective around this subject? What recommendations will we make to people whilst on the trek? So we're actually it's. It's one of those things where the onus is always on the, it, well, there's a dual onus, but really the onus, like we, we rely on the information that you give us to let us know about your physical condition, what you're capable of and stuff like that. And we can pre-trip, we'll do all we can to give you all the best advice that we can. Yeah. A lot of sort of um, preparatory things you can do before the trip. So you can, Big word. Yeah, you can join us on a training weekend or you can have a conversation with us and then put into practice the advice out in the mountains and, sort of do some like you know what they you know mock exams for ebc you know it won't mimic the altitude but at least doing like two three days of walking in a row for similar yeah. distances similar times um and making sure there's a lot of hills might give you a good idea when you're on the trip itself it's going to be one of those things where well, well the guides are remarkably good from from dealing with people because i imagine altitude and altitude related feelings of sickness and things like that might be relatively similar to COVID, you know, shortness of breath, low oxygen, yeah. 
So they're actually really good. And every day the guides are checking your um, health. Some of it's quite subtle. So they'll be monitoring what you're eating, um, what you're drinking, your speed on the trip. Um, you know, it's not about going fast, but they'll know how you start and how you finish and how you are in the middle. So they'll know if there's a significant drop off in your strength and pace. Um, and then other stuff is is not so subtle. So they'll be checking blood oxygen levels. We um, Every guide has an oximeter that goes on the finger. Then we check that. That's checked. Um, they'll check all of your symptoms off against their knowledge of what could and couldn't be altitude related sickness. And we, yeah. if something like long COVID is starting to affect you in that sort of way, uh, we deal with it the same way that we have always dealt with those types of things. You know, we try and manage the symptoms using the tried and tested ways we do. Um, things like Diamox can provide you with a boost. Hydration can provide you with a boost. Except yeah. some assistance to lower the exertion rates or maybe having a porter or guide carry a bag, that can help. Um, there's lots of things we can do to make the trip a success for you. Ultimately, if it comes down to them, you know, it, it's a matter of safety. Then, as always, not just COVID, but with everything else, you know, we have a conversation and we talk about, you know, what's going to be best for you. And, you know, that might be turning around. It might be going a, a slightly different route. Um, yeah, hopefully that's kind of answered your question. COVID's relatively new. And so, obviously, we haven't had a chance to have anyone with long COVID go to base camp. I don't probably think no, not yet. Even think anyone has done it yet in the world. But um, I'm very confident in our ability to be able to sort of. Um, <laughs> and he's just doing the screen. Yeah, very <laughs> confident um, in our ability to be able to look after you the same way that we always have done. All yeah. the checks and stuff are already in place to make sure that you you remain healthy and strong. Yeah, it's a really good point, and I think it's one of those as well, isn't it? That. Uh, you know, they're only just starting to really understand how the the long COVID will work um, going forward. And I think yeah, it's kind of going to be a little bit of a guessing game, isn't it, in terms of um, what's the reaction going to be at a, an oxygen-deprived environment. Um, yeah, and, and I think you're right, Dave. You mentioned there about, you know, your altitude. It's probably going to be similar symptoms, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so it's certainly something to be aware of. It's a really good question. And I think... Um, you know, yeah, Aid. I think we'd like to uh, provide a bit more. Like, you'll be fine, you'll be okay. But it's one of those that we just don't know. Um, you know, we will certainly. I mean, we're always we're always talking to the altitude center. Um, you know, like Sam uh, messaged me the other day, and we were talking about a few things, and we're definitely going to get down there. And I think they're always, uh, you know, because they look at the science the science behind um, altitude in more depth. It'd be interesting to hear their thoughts on that. Um, you know, as, when, when we're allowed, we're actually going to go down there and do a little bit of a training session there. And we're going to do a live from the Altitude Center um, just so we can, you know, you'll probably see us looking very sweaty, but, you know, it's all good. Um, but, yeah, I, I, the point of it is that, you know, there, there's a lot of value in understanding the science behind it. And, and I think when it comes to um, COVID and how you, if you have long COVID and how your body reacts uh, at altitude, I, I'd really like to know that. Yeah, 100%. And I think... Um, you know, maybe we can get you down, Aid, and we can uh, you can come and maybe yeah, exactly the altitude center. See what see how you get on. I mean, you know, there's um, let's, let's 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 talk about that off off the live. But I think um, yeah, it's something I'd really like to know because um, you know I think a lot of people in the UK, well worldwide, are going to have it. Um, even if you don't have any symptoms or anything, what's that going to do going forward? You know? Yeah, exactly. Certainly um, something to think about. Ah, hey, Paul Ridley's on here. I think I spoke to Paul the other day. So, hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. I see I also, you on. I also noticed, um, who is it here? So, uh, someone said, uh, Lewis Quinn, there's speed on the trip. Uh, not that kind, my friend. So, that, 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 wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that, no, not that kind. <laughs> um, but, yeah, 
Um, um, someone's asked, Dave, what's in your window? Well, which which window? No, this, the one they can see. Yeah, is it, uh, someone said, is window? it? Yeah, because, Titanic. Uh, uh, weirdly, I thought someone realised then that we have a, a nice new. Um, you can't really see it there, but that's a bird feeder. Um, this here is a is a is a montane. Um, so this here is like a little yeah, uh, mountain. Yeah, yeah. So we've had like a little bit of a refurb in the office on my wall as well, as you can see, you know, mountain. Yeah, Everest on the wall. So yeah, all very, all very apt. And, um, you've you've named that Mount Kailash, right? But I know it's, it's a similar it's shape. It's not Mount Kailash, but it's similar to Mount Kailash, which similar, is a, yeah. a, a well, the most sacred mountain in Hindu culture. Yeah, limited and um, yeah, very very uh, sacred and important mountain in their culture. And uh, yeah, sits behind me. It's quite a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. They've got little. They got this here. Little. little uh, I'll have a track patch there. I'll put, I'll put it nice on. Nice patch, Dave. Very good, very good. Right, some more questions then. Um, I know we've we've pretty much covered the email. Actually, Joel um, has, has asked, um, arrival at Kathmandu to the hotel, the start of the trek. Just wants to understand the logistics, maybe timeline of that. Um, yeah, so when you arrive in Kathmandu, Joel, we um, as with anything, we, we all your transfers are included, so we'll pick you up from the, the airport take you to the hotel where you can meet the rest of the group and check in um you know in terms of time um pretty much it depends on what time you arrive because we're you know we're pretty flexible and there's no like fixed time you must arrive um because we don't sort your flights out um not everyone arrives at the same time but um when you book with us um john i haven't got your surname on here but yeah if you um once you upload your flight details in our members area we've got access to that so we know exactly what time you arrive, so we know what time to pick you up. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that then sort of filters down. Um, so yeah, and you can get back to the hotel, you can chill out, um, you know, grab yourself a beer if you want, uh, maybe go for a walk. Uh, you know, it's it depends on what time you arrive. Um, yeah, hope that answers your question, Joel, uh, in terms yeah. of uh, arrival. Exactly. And um, another question from Arthur: Do I need mountaineering boots as well as hiking boots for the island peak expedition? Yes, you do. Um, so um, yeah, you need. A, I, we recommend bringing both. It does take up space, but you know it's one of those things you've got to sacrifice to get up island peak. Uh, hiking boots for the the the, the hike in because um, you don't want to be hiking in big heavy mountaineering boots all the time. It's not necessary. Yeah. And then when you're going up Island Peak, you're going to need <laughs> to be mountaineering boots that are crampon compatible. Um, again, nothing technical, bar a couple of ladder crossings. Um, but you are going to need crampons to be fitted to those boots and mountaineering boots are the best to do that. So, yeah, hopefully that answers that for you. Yeah, nice, Dave. Nice. Um, what's the uh, Jishu? Uh, Jishu was asked. Um, sorry, we arrived late. Yeah, Jishu has always joined us on the lives. Um, great to see you on here again, Jishu. Um, typically, what's the average price to Kathmandu in terms of flights? Yeah, it, it depends um, on time of year. I'd say anything between March to May, you're looking at anything between four to seven hundred pounds. I mean, I've been there in in sort of February, and I mean, this is going back a few years now to uh, early 2016, and it, I actually paid three hundred and twenty pounds return to Kathmandu. That was in February, so it does get a little bit a um, little bit cheaper the earlier you do it in the year. Yeah. Um, that being said. Again, uh, as we said about um, you know the the, the sort of uh, supply and demand with the with the flights and the availability, um, you know we just don't know the exact price. I, I would say budget between four to seven hundred pounds yeah. for your flights to Kathmandu. Yeah, um, I was looking at it, and you know if if you're kind of putting that into your budget, um, you know probably you know you you could say right okay let's, let's put five hundred and fifty pounds in there because you know that's sort of an average. Um, 
you know if that would help a little bit but yeah so it, it kind of depends really later in the year sort of october time november again similar sort of price um you know i'd like to think that um, again later in the year so sort of maybe mid-november to the end of november could be a little bit cheaper again awesome um rebecca strickland has asked in the comments really uh important question uh booked on killy awesome you're gonna love it um how necessary yeah, insurance covering airlift compared to ebc uh super yeah. necessary because it is a condition of our trips that you have it um so yeah first of all um the, yeah it's 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 very very important for any of our trips when you're hiking at altitude that you have um helicopter evacuation cover up to the uh, the maximum altitude so there is specialist yeah. policies that cover hiking to kilimanjaro and cover the chopper lift back down it's one of those things where we always say that if you go on one of our trips you have to have the insurance if someone goes on a trip and they don't have the insurance um can they still get a helicopter evacuation yes they can you know preservation of life and health and safety will always take priority but the yeah. question then is who pays the bill so you would rather the insurance company pay the bill for instance a helicopter from gorek shep to Kathmandu, or say from you know barafu on kili back down to moshi that could be several thousand dollars you know um so having the insurance there just to cover that um, makes things a way less complicated, way less stressful. And, and, and also more importantly, it gives you peace of mind. Yeah. Uh, and I know you've asked between the difference between Killy and EBC and you get more isolated. I mean, technically you, you are further away from like civilization. Um, but actually, you know, there's a doctor's, um, there's a doctor based at Feriche and there's a doctor at Namshi and there's a doctor at Lukla. So you're never too far away from getting to a doctor where on Kilimanjaro, um, given the size of the mountain, if you're at, say, a Barafu or, you know, really high up in the middle of camps. Um, yeah, you you are, you know, it's just as hard to get down and it's a long, long, long walk down. So having that helicopter, if you need to get off there in a hurry um, is absolutely a, a essential for both for any of our trips. But, you know, particularly for those two. Yeah, nice, Dave. Um, yeah, very, very important. Uh, you know, it's rare that it happens, but it's good to, you know, to have that in your back pocket if, um, you know, because you could get unlucky. Um, you know, any, anything can happen. I mean, again, you know, 99 times out of 100, you're going to be fine. Um, you know, uh, you, you'll have an awesome time. But uh, yeah, if, if it's there and something does happen, it's nice to know, OK, they've got it covered. Get me down. Um, you know, and, and Lauren's on here as well. If With regards to insurance, We've got a few companies we use. Um, Lauren, if you could pop the link in to the comments, um, might be worth having a little look there because um, we, we recommend using uh, True Traveller, Campbell Irving, Big Cat Insurance. They're kind of the three that we've kind of used personally um, and we know loads of other trackers have used. And uh, in terms of any sort of you know evacuations, anything in terms of claiming, it's not many, uh, I've got to be honest, but we know that those companies are the go-to companies when it comes to um, you know uh, high altitude uh, trekking insurance, and it's yeah. really easy. Well, on their websites, you know, they they sell this very niche, um, especially um, companies like True Traveller. Although they might have a big excess, which you know, you, if you need to get out of there, you, you you're happy to pay that. Sometimes it's several hundred pounds. Seems like a lot, but um, you know, if if it's a difference between getting off the mountain, you know, and uh, it's it's super important. Um, yeah, yeah, it's worth considering. Um, yeah, Lauren dropped that in there. Um, so Andy McNaughton Jones has asked a yeah. question. So the first, I mean, the one he's asked here is, do we only go the Lamosha route for Kilio? We considered off in the Northern Circuit. Hmm. So 
Excuse me. At the moment, yeah, we do only we do only offer the Lamo show. Yeah. Um, two seconds, Andy. Two seconds. Do the H two O bit keep hydrated? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we do only offer the Lamo show route partly because of the um the experience of what it offers and and also partly because of the um the acclimatization benefits and stuff like that. There, we wouldn't ever consider doing anything really shorter than the Lamo show. Um. You know, we saw a lot of um advice, and then we've been out there and we did it, and we feel that. For people's sort of, if you go into Killy and it's your first time summit in the mountain and you want to get the the, the Killy experience, we think the Lamosha route is the best way to do it, whilst yeah. offering you know the proper acclimatization and stuff like that. Northern Circuit, um, you have to remind me how many days that is. Um, if it's something that's you know comparable to um, the Lamosha, then you know who knows it may be on the cards. But at the moment, we feel the Lamosha route feels you know ticks all the boxes for us so that's the one we're gonna we're gonna stick to yeah. we're certainly not going to be offering any of the um you know the shorter like four or five day long routes and stuff like that because um yeah the success rates and acclimatization and the risk of altitude sickness is 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 you know well outside of our comfort zone um you know it, it to us it kind of i think it might even lessen the experience of summit in the roof of africa if you did it by the skin of your teeth you know and had half the experience so yeah that's <laughs> Yeah, nice, Dave. Um, yeah, just a few other questions. Uh, what's the Dave Rimington? Hey, Dave, um, has asked what's the best flight route? Um, India, uh, UAE. Um, yeah, there's heaps of good ones. Um, yeah, you can stop in India. Um, you can stop in sort of Doha in Qatar. That's always a good one we've used. Um, you know, it depends on the airline. You can, um, I think, Muscat if you're flying with Oman Air. Um, you've you've obviously got New Delhi. You've got Mumbai if you're flying India. Heaps of them. I mean, to be honest, um, yeah, uh, Turkish Airlines, Istanbul. Um, in terms of the best flight route, it depends on how long you want your changeover or gap because you you can't fly to Nepal direct, so you have to stop off anyway. So any of those I mentioned there are, are good. Um, some of them, you know, some of those airlines are better than others. You know, Turkish Airlines, Qatar, Emirates, you know, they might be a bit more expensive, but you, you know, you've got a decent amount of movies to watch on the plane. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got... It, uh, nice if you want to go business class there's heaps of good stuff there oh, um, oh, <laughs> it's ruined flying for you now Dave isn't it it's, it's really properly messed it up now I know what goes on on the other side of that curtain it's really affected my my happiness level in coach I haven't said that though on the way back from Killy in February we were on the Airbus A380 yeah and um, that was great I had loads of room on that I wouldn't pay for an upgrade on that I was perfectly happy it's mainly the space I'm after and uh, the distance from people is also quite nice but um oh yeah andy said um northern is lamosho plus a day very interesting i'll look it up mate thanks for uh, enlightening me on that um so another interesting question here from sophie arthur what are the temperatures like during the day night on ebc trek during october nice um probably one of my favorite times a year to go to be fair um during the day especially in the lower altitudes the first three four days shorts and t-shirt weather you know it's going to be hot um you know i got sunburned in october i've never been there at that time of year and not been not been sweating at the end of a climb on the lower altitudes from sort of Tengboche onwards when you get in higher dingboche lobuche you're going to be it's going to be getting colder during the day so you're going to start noticing that you're going to be wearing like a fleece with a base layer or putting on a wind stopper or something like that um the nights uh, very mild again in the lower altitude you can get cold snaps mind because the himalaya is always changeable Nothing I say about the weather in the Himalaya is to be uh, taken as a guarantee. I was there in October and it was boiling in the day, but 
but freezing in the night, even in Fakting, you know, so crazy. Uh, but on average, it's quite mild, but then gets definitely below zero in the higher altitudes. Um, yeah, how much below zero depends on what's happening with the weather, but you can expect zero to minus five on average. It can dip down to maybe minus 10 at Gorek Shep um, yeah. outside the room. Um, inside the room, it'll be a toasty minus nine and three quarters. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, hopefully that's uh, that's answered that for you. Plenty warm, that is, Dave. Plenty warm. Oh, plenty warm. Yeah, you got. Uh, I had a. I yeah, I was about minus minus twelve when I was there in October. It was really cold. I know you went there in the winter, and it was like insanely cold. It was minus, uh, it's a little bit cozy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, you're all right if you if you know got some like you know merino wool leggings on, trousers, base layer, down jacket, sleeping bag, beanie, buff laughing <laughs> you know? that's got to be a line there dave that's, 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 that's <laughs> yeah. um yeah some great um great questions diane great to see diane on here as always um having trouble finding videos or pics of the route to machu picchu yeah the tomake route um you know what it's weird when we were um sort of planning this route we realized yeah you you know you google it it's very difficult to find uh, because it is um you know we're, we're the first company in the uk to to do that route um you know, so we're really excited. And, yeah, we've been gagging to get out there to, to, to put a little video together like we do on all of our trips. Um, you know, and I suppose the, the last – was it? We, we were looking at the end of last year to, to sort of push it in and this this year to go out there. But, you know, it just hasn't happened. Um, as soon as we get any fresh content for you, especially in Peru as well, that the guys over there, they can't go there at the moment. But what we'll do, we'll see even if we can get some sort of um, – you know some some local footage for you if we can get the guys to, to send some over it you know be unedited but at least we'll be able to see um you know it'll be of that particular route um you know because you're only trekking for sort of four or five days through that valley anyway up to machu picchu yeah um and it's very close to the salcante route so the salcante route is very well known in machu picchu it's getting a bit busy now the last few years which is why we've decided to do this other route um you know yeah. try something a little bit different and, um, you know, so if you Google the Salcante route, um, you'll be able to see the Salcante mountain not far from the Tomakea Valley. So, yeah, um, Diane, if, if you if you do search that, you'll be able to see. Yeah. Um, awesome. But, yeah, so, as soon as we have some more content for you, you know, we, we, we as always, we, we love our little, you know, putting together little videos, a little bit of content. We'll, um, we'll, we'll get it out there for you, Diane. Yeah. Mark Skinner's asked an interesting question. Yeah, I'd love to talk about yeah. this one. So he says, when the trips yeah, yeah. go ahead, will they be flying to Lukla via Ramachap or um, yeah. via Kathmandu? And if it's Rama, you know, if it's Ramachap, it means a long bus drive and, and the sightseeing being cut a little bit short. So uh, at the moment, we expect everything to go from Kathmandu. So, but, you know, that can possibly change because we don't have any control over what the Nepalese decide to do with their airport. So last season, sorry, not last season, the one before, we had, uh, yeah, yeah, we did have to go via Ramachap. It was a decision that we made. Now, there were some flights going from Kathmandu, which caused some confusion because yeah. obviously, you know, I can understand people might be a little bit disappointed if they did have to go all the way to Ramachap and then someone landed and landed fresh from Kathmandu, you know, yeah. what's the problem? However, the problem was that those flights were never, ever guaranteed. And if they get cancelled, there's no way then to suddenly transport you to Ramachap and get you out there. You lose a day of the trip, which for some people meant a disaster. You know, it meant they, they didn't have enough time um, to do it. So we have to make a call not based on, you know, it, Ramachap's not ideal. Um, both myself and Andy have done it twice. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, a couple of times, yeah. 
you know, but I think it's one of those things where we have to make a call, right? A little bit of pain at the beginning, a bumpy ride and some tired eyes, but means we get you to base camp, we fulfill the ultimate goal and we get you back safe. That's what we'd rather do. If we'd have had our whole people, so we're talking, we take hundreds of people a year, put them all through Kathmandu when we were told flights will be cancelled. Yeah. It's just not, I'm not willing to risk one person's EBC trip over that. So, yeah, that's why we, we made the call. However, Mark, to answer your question, I fully expect you to be going from Kathmandu. Um, and that is a 90% guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made a good point there, Dave. And um, yeah, it was one of those, wasn't it? Because we were, this was, you know, it feels, feels a while back now because it was kind of almost two years ago, two and a half years ago. We had this thrown on us like, look, guys, um, uh, the airport's going to close. And we were like, what? You know, Kathmandu Airport, you can't run internal flights. And we were thinking, OK, um, you know, thanks for telling us. <laughs> this is the, the Nepal Airlines now. Um, you know, every company was in the same boat. So it wasn't just us. And we you know, we obviously looked at alternatives. And Ramachap was the closest four hour drive at best, depending on traffic. Yeah. Um, you know, very bumpy road, uh, you know, not comfortable, really. But. You know, this is adventure travel, right? This is this is why you go there. You don't go there to go to Disneyland at the end of the day. It's not. It's, that's not why you're going. It's yeah. part of the challenge. So you know, we 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 were cool with it, but um, you know, we realise it is <clears throat> it is different to what we normally do. Um, you know, and very lucky, really, uh, in terms of people's feedback on it. And you know, it. Some people were saying, you know, they oh, it's great to see another part of the country I wouldn't have got to see, which is yeah. which is awesome. Some other people didn't really like it. You know, because it is, it's a long way. Um, but these are the things we, we you know, we, we, we like to think that we, we, we try and impress on people that this is adventure travel. It's worth remaining a little bit flexible and focusing on that ultimate goal, as Dave said there. We didn't want to reduce the chances of, of people getting to Everest Base Camp, Island Peak, you know, uh, Gokyo Valley, all these places that we, we want to make sure and we really, really work hard to make sure that you guys um, have the trip that you want, you know, and you have an awesome time. Yeah. Um, and that was part of that decision. But yeah. yeah, that was just a bit of a backstory, really. In the yeah. future, we don't foresee any issues. No. Um, you know, from the communication with our local uh, local team, there shouldn't be any issues. But, you know, now we know that there's another way that you can get to Lukla because Hi, anything Hi. can happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we anything. just got the, uh, the older. Uh, she's gone now. But, um, gone. yeah, the, 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 the lesser spotted Yeti not being spotted. spotted. But, yeah, no, with the. Um, yeah, so with Ramachap, it is one of those things where, like, I'll yeah. be honest, it, I, I was all right doing it the first time. The second time, it is a little bit like, oh, Ramachap. You know, it is quite far. But I'd rather deal with a grumpy customer who had, like, a bumpy ride to Ramachap than have one that didn't end up going to EBC when there yeah. was a viable alternative that would have got them there. Um, and it's not ideal for us. You know, it's more expensive um, because we yeah, have to yeah, exactly, yeah. get, like, minibuses, more staff, an extra yeah. hotel that we hadn't booked. Um, breakfast and everything because we set up like this little area by Ramachap where you could get breakfast and some teas and stuff. So it actually, you know, it, it's 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 less convenient and more expensive. But you know, yeah. when you think about, I think I like to think that uh, you know, at the core of all of us is like an adventurer. That's why we want to go to EBC and not um, Magaluf. You know, so not to denigrate Magaluf, but you know, we're all here. And, everything um, has its merits. Exactly, everything <laughs> has its merits. Exactly, but you know, and uh, and also, you know, it's you know, when you think about what Hillary and Tenzin, all of those guys, that all these intrepid travellers, all the bumps in the road that they had to go through. Yeah. Um, you know, going to Ramachap isn't. It's not really that bad. Yeah, exactly. No, no, it's but it's a good question. Uh, it's you know, and, and you're right. Yeah, because we 
we always want to be as um, open as, as and transparent as we can. And if there's something like that that might, you know, impact a trip a little bit, then we'll say, look, guys, this is the situation. You know, this is what the decision we've made. Um, you know, it's, it is. It's all part of the the journey. Um, you know, when it comes to the trip out there. Um, and yeah, so it's it's certainly anything like that. We'll definitely update you guys before you arrive. We just want people to arrive. <laughs> you yeah. know, we, we can't wait for people just to be out there and going to Ramachap, going to other places. Um, yeah, we, we can't wait to, to get back on these trips ourselves and, and, and with you guys. Um, but yeah, um, Lewis asked, uh, Lewis, um, I know you've been part of the community for ages, but what's the regula regulations now for quarantine in Nepal? Um, yeah, right now, um, there is a quarantine. There's very few people out there because, I mean, obviously we had to reschedule all of our trips. Um, most, I'd say 90, 98, 99% of companies have done that in terms of rescheduled this year. Um, because of covid but yeah it is open so for instance if um if someone arrived i think you have to um quarantine for several days at a hotel whilst you wait a test there's also hoops you've got to jump in terms of getting a, a pcr test 72 hours before you arrive in Kathmandu. that's the current situation um and then obviously once you return to the uk depends on where you arrive from there's currently that um 14 day quarantine when you get back so that's the current situation now now this i'm sure it'll be very different next year you know in yeah. terms of that um i almost guarantee that next trekking season um you know nepal will change that so yeah any anything at all lewis will we'll definitely update you yeah um you know we, we think that that what what that is there um won't be next year but um you know anuj who's our sort of operations manager in nepal you know him and dave work very closely um and i know that you know any 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 updates they get from um you know the tourism board from flight companies you know things they hear on the ground you know we'll, we'll, we're usually first to find out so yeah we'll let you know as soon as we do mate yeah definitely yeah exactly um so uh, andy ashford has asked island peak b2 or b3 boot to be honest both would probably be um you could, you know both would probably be suitable yeah. for island peak it all depends. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it all depends. They have to be crampon compatible. So yeah. I've got the Scarpa Mantra Pros, which I think are a B2 boot. Um, yeah. You know, I'd happily wear them. B3 is probably a little bit overkill, to be honest, with the full, um, you know, crampon on the the full automatic crampon, I think they call it. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's nothing technical. Um, so, yeah, B2 boot would be fine. Like I said, you know, you both would do it. You know, but, you know, don't feel you have to go and get any like crazy high altitude, double layered plastic mountaineering boots or anything like that. Um, you know, you can just get like a, a sort of a heavy duty, well, heavy duty hiking, sort of medium sort of mountaineering <laughs> would be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you could probably get away. I mean, you know, some people I know have got away with a B1. I know it seems a bit nuts, um, but yeah, you could probably get away with it. Although ideally... Uh, b2 is what you need because of the where you are um you know and it's if 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 you're only using it for island peak and we've had some people who've come on a trip with us and um you know because mountaineering boots especially b2 can be sort of 300 pounds yeah. you can actually hire them locally now normally we'd say look any sort of boot is good for it to be yours because you've got to wear them in you know and, and, and the trekking part of it will be a separate boot that'll be a trekking boots um you know like like dave's main old bhutan's is a classic um, and then once you're on the mountain, but Island Peak especially, if you wanted to hire some locally, you can. Um, you know, again, they're not going to be, uh, you know, all singing and dancing, but they'll do the job. Um, and you can hire them locally in Shukung, which is literally not far from um, Island Peak Base Camp. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is available there if you don't want to spend all that money on a particular boot. 
Awesome. Um, so Laura Collins has said, when flying to Killy, where is best to have a stop off? So it all depends on which airline you go with. So I always fly these days with Qatar. So you always tend to go via the country um, where the airline is sort of based. So that's Doha in Qatar. Um, I've never once had a problem. I know you can go with um, any, I think you can go Emirates, you can do um, Etihad, you can do KLM, which I think are not too bad. Um, yeah, so to be honest, it, wherever you stop off is, is, is probably going to be fine. Um, I just think it's more about choosing the time. Um, so I like to have a minimum of about four hours yep. between each trip. Uh, me and Andy did it once where we had two hours on our way back from Killy. Um, and we literally had to sprint from the plane to the next plane, although we did get a free upgrade in the business. We did get a free upgrade. That, yeah, that, did, so, that, that, that was nice. Yeah, so that, that, was, that, was worth, that was worth the run. But, um, yeah, yeah, two hours, um, just because sometimes leaving these little airports like Kilimanjaro Airport or leaving Kathmandu Airport, they're not these sure. big international – they are international airports, but they're not these big, huge, sophisticated ones. Yeah. So if the weather comes in and stuff like that, it can affect flight times and stuff. So – Giving yourself about four hours is a nice little buffer there. Um, yeah. Two hours is, is you know, seat of your pants stuff. One hour is um, hope you enjoy your night in a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and there's that sort of cutoff, isn't it? There's some people have timed it. That if you, oh, excuse me, if you're flying with Qatar, uh, Qatar Airlines, um, like we've used via Cardiff because locally to us, but, you know, London, yeah. Manchester, Scotland, um, you know, I think uh, Qatar Airlines, fly from there but they do offer this um it's very cheap that if you are over eight hours so if, it's, if your transfer is over eight hours um you could they can take you to a hotel in doha and you can you know have a night there yeah. um you know get maybe four hours of sleep which is great really i mean you know some people like to just go straight to the um uh you know go straight to a to a, to a bar in at the hotel uh, at the airport and just have a couple of beers chill out grab some food but if you want to, you know, get some sleep, then you can do that if you've got over a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, you just go to the desk there um, in Doha. Um, it, some Sometimes they charge you like $30, $40. Sometimes they don't. But, you know, it's worth paying if you've got a bit of time. Um, but, yeah. Sorry, I know, I know a few people are leaving. But, uh, yeah, cheers, Mark and Jerome. Thanks for joining us again, guys. Yeah. Uh, Gluten-free food like in Nepal on the treks. Priscilla has asked that. I think we we, we might have touched on it. Yeah, so. Priscilla, I reckon um, I'll answer the question, but also just FYI, if you go and watch last week's one, um, yeah. I think it's on YouTube. Um, it'll definitely be on Facebook. Yeah. Um, we talk about food, so um, that was pretty much what the chunk of it was about. Um, gluten-free is fine, and we can pretty much account for all sort of um, you know food conditions and tolerances, that type of thing. As long as we know about it, you know about it, and the guide knows about it, it can be dealt with. Um, the national sort of dish of Nepal is dalbat, which is just lentils, rice, and some curried veg. That tends to be suitable for almost everyone because it's you know there's no meat in it at all. The one thing I do say is that um, if you are like extra extra sensitive, make sure you speak to the guide when you order your food, so he can let the kitchen know in the lodge, so they can make sure that um, if they have to take something out or anything like that, then you'd be fine. But yeah, gluten free is definitely definitely doable. The only thing I would say is bring some gluten-free snacks with you. I yeah. met a guy on there who had like like a bag like this big full of just gluten-free cola bottles um, because you right. won't find any sort of snacks and stuff like that. And um, a lot of them might, you know, not be in English on the wrapper. So you might not even be able to know yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully that's going to be good for you. Yeah, nice, Dave. Um, awesome. Another great, great live. I think... Um... Yeah, just, just going through all the questions. I hope we've answered everything. Um, with regards to any questions, guys, I mean, always, uh, you know, email info at evertrek.co.uk. 
or jump on jump on these lives um, next week. Uh, we've actually got something really really good lined up. Um, so recently, uh, no, I don't want to spoil it, but I'll give you a little bit of a um, an intro. Um, as always, we like to support local charities uh, in the UK uh, as well as um, you know on our trips um, by using local uh, companies. Yeah. Um, you know, and this uh, this year we've, we've we've sort of changed. We've supported. Um, um, homeless charities the last couple of years, which has been fantastic, and we've, um, you know, we'd like to think we made a little bit of a difference there. Loads of our ever trackers have, have got involved with that. Um, but the next couple of years, we've got something a little bit different, and it's something that's quite close to our hearts. But we got someone coming in uh, next week um, from Brecon Mountain Rescue, uh, who we've been dealing with, and Fee, who is our charity yeti, if you like. She's, um, although she's our, our project manager now, she's worked in the charity sector for I think just over ten years. So she's really good. Um, you know, she she knows everything when it comes to to how to, um, you know, do things for charity, especially if you're doing a trek for charity or anything like that at all. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we'll chat a little bit more about that next week. Before I give you guys a little bit of a uh, sneak peek, yeah, um, join us then, and you know, we'll be talking a little bit more about fundraising and charity and things like that. Um, I know there's a few people on here who have done loads, like Brian. I know especially. He's done a really good fundraiser recently, and um, you know, if I had a hat, I would take it off to you, my friend. Thank you very much for everything you do. Um, yeah, and look, I hope you enjoyed today, Dave. Yep. Uh, anything to add, mate? Before we're done? No, that's it. No, very excited about next week. Think it's going to be a really good one. Um, but yeah, no, thanks for everybody that's joined again, and um, yeah, take care of yourselves. Thanks, Sinead, Priscilla, Helen, Andy, all <laughs> the guys in by. But um, yeah, yeah no, uh, yeah. Same, same Yeti time, same Yeti channel, right? And <laughs> very good, Dave. Okay, well, we'll see you all next Tuesday, and uh, yeah, take it easy. Um, have an awesome week. See you guys. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune in? But I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, and. <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye